Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. My name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me, as always, the founder, CEO, and resident mama bird of Little Bird Marketing, Priscilla McKinney. How are you this morning, Priscilla? I'm great, and I have got a doozy for you. Oh, I'm almost <laughs> afraid. I've only had one cup of coffee, so I don't know what uh, what to expect, but go ahead, lay it on me. Okay, well, you know, it was so much fun. I can't. It was quite a while back that we did a... A podcast on some old news article I found. It was actually an old press release put out by the Chinese authority. Oh, yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. <laughs> I think that podcast is called Priscilla Questions China's Something Authority. Something authority Central, something. Central Authority. Central Remember? Authority. That's Central Authority. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was such a hilarious story. Well, I told you at some point I will dig up another old press release or old news article that will just do nothing but crack us up. And Oh, my gosh. What did you find now? Okay. Well, this is so funny. It happened uh, like over a year ago, and I remember exactly where I was driving, too. I heard this tiny little snippet on the radio. Right. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're kidding me. Like, how is this not explosive? How is everybody not talking about this around the water cooler? Like, what? You know, how come I'm just hearing this in a literally a 20-second snippet? And I was like, i got to look this up when I get back to the office. And I didn't, and it just kind of like, you know, here a year's past, it's just like constantly me thinking, oh my gosh, I need to talk to someone about this. You know, just <laughs> one of those that just got to this low priority place. I don't right. know. But right. I, it was cracking me up so much. So seriously, two weeks ago, I'm like, wait a minute. I was, this is, I always prep for a cocktail party. <laughs> you so, have to. I do have sex. to. So I was going to go to this, you know, cocktail party. And so I was like, oh, I need some new fodder. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to go look that story up because I don't know the truth about it. Right. And I love to be able to go into a party like that and have some crazy story to talk about that gets everybody talking, laughing, and all onto subjects, right? Right. This is the way that I love my friends. <laughs> yes, I know. I was going to say, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It is. People crack up. But I, li I literally will go look up jokes before I go somewhere. Or you know, just... That's good research, I'm telling you. I'm you you got to bring something to the table, people. You do. So anyway, I went and looked this up. Okay, this, I'm, I'm sure this is going to ring a bell to you. But okay. back at uh, Nelson Mandela's memorial service. Oh, my God. They had a sign language interpreter standing yes. literally. And, you know, sometimes they're really off in the wings. Right, right. And maybe in a small little circle, they're, you know, doing their interpretation. Or most of the time, it's, you know, only if you're there live are you getting right. a deaf, you know, because people watching TV typically are getting the, you know, the, the deaf, you know, um, transcript readout. Right. So right. you rarely see these people front and center. Right. Um, so who knows? Maybe this is going on forever. But did you hear the story? This guy I, was a total fake. I heard about this. I didn't get all of the details, but I did hear about that. The uh, that the sign language interpreter was uh, not not up to par. <laughs> uh, let me fill you in. Oh, my God. Go ahead. <laughs> it's not even not up to par. And this is I want to talk a little bit today about hiring fakers, oh, what it okay. costs your business what it costs your reputation, and I cannot think of a better story to talk about than this. Oh, my but, gosh, this fits right in. Oh, my gosh. It's just, I mean, it hit, it's painful. It's, it's happened to me. I don't know if it's happened to you. We'll talk a little bit about it. But yeah. people, there were deaf people watching this, you know, this broadcast, of course. Um, and he is standing literally next to the guy who's speaking. Oh and as people God. come through... And literally, as it's going on, thank God for social media, people start tweeting, 
get this guy off the stage. This makes no sense. I mean, it's happening real time. And it's almost like, you know, at this level of a thing, like I can understand if I go to a lunch and learn at my local chamber and they offer a deaf interpreter and the person's, you know, total shite, you know, right? like Like he's he's level 0.5. (laughs) Okay, whatever. You know, it's not like I'm missing some Mandela's memorial service. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I just want to know how they did the interview process to get this guy. Who has the balls to fake something at this level? Well, yeah, I mean, that's like, I don't even, well, that's like, Try to be the interpreter at Mandela's memorial service. It's like that's the one of the biggest things ever. That's the new mark. Oh man, <laughs> that's the new top. I've got some work to do. Yeah. So I mean, literally, and I can't. I, I'll have to go look it up, and I'll attach it when we put the podcast out, just so people can go watch it. Oh, but they please, actually please put a, an interpreter to the to the deaf interpreter, and I can't remember if it was the John Stewart, Dave. I, I can't remember it was Jimmy Fallon, somebody, but they actually got a real interpreter and put this sign language guy up and watched what he was signing and then told him, okay, he's saying this, he's saying this, but it was seriously like um, lollipop, lollipop, under the counter, cat got your dog. I mean, it was like... Oh my gosh. He wasn't even... It's not like he was missing or couldn't keep up. Right. It wasn't a fake in that it was literally, it was like you or me getting up there and just making stuff up. Oh, good lord. This article is completely crazy. And I mean, the quotes are like, he has no real clue about sign language and has obviously upset the deaf community in South Africa as we've received hundreds of angry messages via Facebook and Twitter during the ceremony. <laughs> you know, I, it's totally crazy. So, yeah, how, what? I, oh, good heavens. That just opens up a, a million questions for me. Yeah. I, well, and I do feel bad for people who are interpreters. He's totally mocking deaf interpreters as a profession. Right. That's so rude on another level because it's such a valid profession. Uh, but here's the thing. I just wonder who lost their job because they hired him. <laughs> no, no. This is my favorite line. Okay. It wasn't immediately clear if the unidentified man was using a different method to communicate. <laughs> that even mean <laughs> i mean like i it's that's someone who's trying to give someone the benefit of the doubt well you know Man, he, he is doing some new space age yes. interpretation <laughs> yes he's like doing sign language for stenographers or something oh my gosh so that anyway. is crazy yeah so that's the funny one you can read all the article and everything it's just totally incredulous so i guess my question to you has you have you ever hired a faker oh wow yeah you know um I don't know if you'd call him a faker or not, because he actually knew his stuff. But when I was working for the Volkswagen magazine, Mm -hmm. uh, I hired this guy, and he was the foremost premier authority on all things VW. Like, he, you could throw out, like, a VIN number, and he Uh could tell you where it was made, who did it, what the name of the guy was that put the last lug nut on the wheel. I mean, Mm -hmm. he knew his stuff. The problem was the guy thought he was a writer mm, mm-hmm. and he would, and he lived like probably, gosh, probably 
uh, I'd say almost a hundred, hundred plus miles away from our office. So mm-hmm. now this was back in the day before email, before everything, where everything was mailed to you, or right. he, if he was in the area before the toll by. road. So it took before forever. the toll roads, exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, but what happened was, I mean, he'd send us these elaborate packages of manuscripts, almost, mm-hmm. and they were the most god awful, horrible writing I've ever seen. I mean, he had no sentence structure. He was a horrible speller. And they were hideous. And this was back before we we just started getting computers in, but we, we didn't have spell check and all the... Oh, good Lord. Oh my gosh. Were you it, on WordStar? Uh, kind of, yeah. Well, <laughs> Sorry, actually, I took, we the, were dig- doing, I we took were doing, the digger there. <laughs> right, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but, you know, back... did, what, didn't it, like, tip you off when the envelope arrived and it was addressed to you in puppy paint? Yeah, I guess it kind of did. <laughs> When it looked like it was scrawled by a serial killer, I should have uh, got that as a hint. Don't you but wish it, fakers were that obvious? Oh, good Lord. Looking back, I go, what was I thinking? And you know what? Here was my thought process. I thought that it will only take a little bit of massaging to make this into no. something good because his his qualifications were such that it's like I go, okay, I can overlook a couple of writing faux pas to make this happen. But I can't overlook spelling cat with a K. You know, it's like right. things like that are just so horrible. But, yeah, and all that to say we eventually uh, had to let him go as a freelancer because he he just couldn't cut the mustard. We used him later to look over stories that we wrote for, for accuracy. Well, not spelling accuracy, obviously. Right. But, like, you know, for uh, fact-checking, fact thank you. Uh, but, yeah, honestly, it uh, it took me about – five months to figure out that it was costing me more in man hours to fix what he had wrote than to just let him go. Uh, so it was a, that was a tough lesson. I mean, I learned it and never hired anybody like that again, but yeah, it was horrible. I hate to use a cliche, but hindsight is twenty twenty. And I mean, I look oh. back at my last year and the things I know now, I wish I knew that, you know, it's just, you think, well, let me help them out just a little bit. Okay. Right. Now if I do right. this, okay. And then, you know, because there are sometimes I think, you know, some ways that people fail because maybe as management, maybe we don't have maybe a clear job description Sure. or I think we put it on ourselves first and say, Oh, you know, maybe they don't really understand the difference between what they should do on their job and what the company actually needs them to do. Right. And for me, my first thing is to back up and say, wait a minute, have I been clear about how we make money? Yeah. And so I start talking in our production meetings. I'll go back and I'll start having these conversations about, let me tell you about profitability. Right. And, you know, you laugh and I I laugh and stuff, but you know what? I've had to realize I have to do that. And it's not dumbing down. Right. For the people who are genuine and actually want to excel at their job, they go, oh, okay, well, let me do something more helpful. I can see that what I'm doing there is not helping. And, you know, that's the difference of people who are like, what you call them, clock watchers, you know, and yes. maybe they're sitting doing fake work, you know, like, uh, da, 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 right. you know, but at my company, you can't do that because we're so production oriented. It, it, you know, we're on Trello and I can see the boards, I can see who's posting, you know, it's all on a timing um, right. basis. And at the end of the month, I see, you know, you clock in how many hours you worked on a particular pro on a particular project. So it would be incredibly difficult to be a clock watcher at my place. Right. I, I, I don't think it's possible, honestly. You know, 
I well, don't throw that challenge out there. Yeah. Someone will try to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, we're growing and, and, and that's one of my pains is that, you know, right. I don't have everybody. I'm starting to get more and more support people who are not really, you know, directly connected to the outcome of a project. Right. And that is scary right. territory for me. But that's that's one thing. That's how is it our fault as management? And I think that there's something valid there. But on the other hand, what is the fault of someone who, let's say like this guy, he has one skill set. Yes. Uh, but he doesn't have the other. And why can't he be honest about that? Why can't, why does he feel the need to fake? Right. That? And that's the thing with this guy that we hired. It's like he was so adamant about his writing being top notch and every other, every other publication he's ever sent it to thought it was amazing. And, you know, every word is sacred. And I'm just going, right. <laughs> I don't know if you're sending it to the something, but I, I don't know where you're sending it, where mm -hmm. they don't have magazines, but. Good Lord, it was horrible. Now, what about you? Like, maybe, have you? Well, hold on, hold on. What? Maybe it wasn't clear if he, if the man was using a different method to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to go grab the paper and get the quote. Yes, apparently I was not uh, oh. not a, a, an expert in hieroglyphics. Right. So. Oh my gosh. Well, so now, this... what about you? Did you have you ever hired somebody who was a faker and you didn't know it and you had to find out through horrible uh, methods? Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love the sound of that. So, so, well, so share, please. I, I'll, at the end, remind me, and I'll tell you what I kind of do to keep from getting graphic design fakers. But oh, I had a, um, a guy who's a brilliant designer. I mean, best I've ever worked with. Right. Um, gosh, how amazing. Great designer. He's so good at one thing and yet can't admit that is not good at something else. And that need to fake, it just, you know, it's crazy. But it was the ultimate demise of, of our relationship. But um, he would create websites for me, design them, and then they would come to me and I would write all the copy. I'm the, you know, I'm the copywriter. But a lot of times he would put filler text in. So great, no problem, filler text. That's great because, you know, then I go into the back end, I start writing. I like to write directly on websites as opposed to write on something and then have a back end coder put it in. That's just right. my way. I'm a visual writer like that. If, if I kind of see the page and I'm like, okay, this is because I think I'm more in touch with like the user experience. Like, you know, on this page, the way it looks, I think just a three sentence would be best. And so I start edging it down. I start, you know, working that way. I, everybody's different for a writer, but that's why our, our system was that way. And he put filler text in. Well, that was fine because for most websites, he would literally put in boom, bang, lollipop, firepower, you know, <laughs> and, oh my you know, and that's fine because that's all I needed. I just needed here. Tell me where the text goes. Right. You just needed filler space. Yeah. And it was always like that. Well, lo and behold, when we went to go do our website, our little bird website, as it stands today, littlebirdmarketing.com, he sent over a lot of text on it. I never had, you know, so much text filled in and I started reading through it and I'm like, damn, this is good. And, you know, I'm, I'm going through it and I'm going through it. And in the back of my head, I was reminded of another moment that I had with him months, 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 months before. Right. And I didn't think much of it at the time. And this is why I say hindsight's twenty twenty. But we were working together for a huge pitch. And we had a white paper that we were going to present. So he and another guy were working on the graphics. And then they're like, we need to have this white paper. I'm like, I'm the writer. I'm like, really? In one night? That's just ridiculous. 
So he's like, no, I did it for you. And, you know, it's like, so he sends it over to me. Literally, this thing is so disjointed. I'm starting, I'm trying to just read it like Project Scope. This was the case, you know, I mean, just ridiculous. And I'm reading through this and I just, you know, I start making corrections and I'm like, this is beyond correctable in an evening. This is not possible. He's like, well, I just wrote it. You know, So he keeps telling me that he wrote it. Well, as I get further and further into it, I'm like, no, you didn't. This is like it. The disjointedness of it tells me that this is a cut and paste job. <laughs> you, I'm not an idiot. And so I call him on it. It's like, no, no, I didn't cut and paste it. You know, I might have taken a few ideas from a couple other websites and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, mm, okay. Um, I read through it. Finally, I call, I call him on it. I've come across a sentence that has like the word, you know, color, C-O-L-O-U-R. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I you know. go, wait a minute. You're not British. <laughs> You don't take tea breaks. <laughs> what the hell? And I'm like, proof. I'm like, and I call him on it. And literally, he he still won't own it. He, wouldn't, he still wouldn't cop to it even after that? No. And I just said, look, I'm, I, I'm not even walking in this room. I, I'm, you know, I'm out of this pitch that this will not be used. We will not come in with it. There's not time to write something like this. I'd rather go in with nothing. And he wouldn't cop to it, which actually is funny. I'll, I'll come back to the thing about, you know, um, my website in just a second, but you know, that's the irony of ego because there's a follow-up article to this interpreter thing. And it says, this is off of CNN. So here I do. What, what, what did they say? Mandela Memorial interpreter asks forgiveness, calls himself champion. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a spin. I mean, that is, that's the best word for it, Dan. That is spin. And he and he stands by his work. He says he's a fully qualified interpreter. Right. And but I mean, it's just how many people across the world do you have to say? I mean, you are literally not translating the words in any known form of sign language on this planet currently. So how do you how do you spend that in your mind to think that you are somehow a champion and in maybe he thought he was the best sign language interpreter for the blind <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean didn't, really i didn't see that one coming no I could, I, oh it <laughs> was good though that's i know i won up the unled better that's really, yeah i know that's really wow. hard to do <laughs> oh, oh yeah but you know, so what I, happened. I think it's that ego so anyway kind of back so that's like way backstory and then i'm reading my my website and i'm like man i mean this is good beyond his skill right yep and i'm thinking i don't know if i can write something this good and i'm certainly looking at going mm, leave that alone hmm, leave that alone and all of a sudden it comes up filters up through my conscience uh well both my conscience and my consciousness and all of a sudden <laughs> i realize this has got to be plagiarized Wow. And it's like, and this is hard. I mean, these are, believe me, this is very hard for me to say on a podcast because hello, transparency. I'm a marketing firm. I take people, you know, the, the fact that anything remotely could possibly for two minutes at my place be plagiarized. Right. That is, I mean, I don't say that lightly, but I'm just, I'm just telling the truth. But when I realized that I saw it, I call a spade a spade. Right. And so I confronted him about it and he insisted, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Well, thank you the Lord for Google because you know I can cut and paste and put it in there and find I found exactly what side it came from oh my gosh and Did you confront him after that too yeah yeah 
and he still denied it. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, maybe someone put that in. You know, whatever. I don't even remember. What oh my the story gosh! Was, but it was just like. And he still wouldn't cop to it. No, no. That's and crazy. And I had to go back and rewrite my entire website because, even though I had written a lot of it, right. I I mean, ours is very heavy copy because of for you know search engine optimization reasons. Sure. And um, so even things that I don't think anybody's ever going to read, um, they certainly don't need to. They're there, you know for that reason only. Right. So I have to really overwrite there. That is a very, even though it doesn't look like it, if you go into it, it looks very graphic, but if it, it, the site, the pages go on and on back and back and back, you know, so that I can have that search engine optimization. And um, yeah, so this, I started right at the very beginning and rewrote and I had to even rewrite and reword things that I thought that I had written. Oh, but gosh. at that point, just to be sure, so yeah. I rewrote even all my own words. Because when you find somebody like that, everything is suspect. Oh, my gosh. It was the demo. I just I couldn't take it. But, it, you know, those are the things that you wish you'd put it together quicker. But, you know, like I said, he was a fantastic designer. So it's it's hard to it's hard to reconcile that and hard to, you know, you're you're there trying to help. And yet that does not help at all. Well, now, how did you I mean, you obviously let them go. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. So, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> what did 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 did, <laughs> did you plagiarize the resignation letter? That would, that would have been perfect. Ba bum bumch. Thank but, you. You know, I did look up a little bit. We're talking about fakers, and now I will say for um, for graphic designers, what we have people come in and do. Obviously, sometimes they have fantastic portfolios, but we're a production place, and right. so you can sit for eight hours and churn out something beautiful. <clears throat> sure. You know? I can, and I, you know, I'm not, I always tell people, this is seriously the going quote at my work is if I sit down at a graphic designer's desk, like, and start, like they have to stand up, I'm like, here, get up. And I have to sit down, you know, you're probably about to be fired. Oh, wow. Because if me, me as the creator, the, the selling president has to sit down and I'm working in Adobe Illustrator something has not gone right because you're just right. not getting what I'm saying. Nudge it over, pull it up here, white space, you know? So, you know, that's, you know, there, there can be just some level of proficiency, Yes. you know, which like I have a person brand new out of college and she's very slow, but that's to be expected right now. Well, that is normal. And it's going to take people. And I keep telling her, I am telling you the truth. I will always tell you when it's too slow and it's not good enough. But this is not personal. You have all of the personal worth that you have when you walk in the store. This is not about you. This is about the work. And you right. are going to have to let it go in your mind that you understand, that I understand, that you will not be able to do it quickly for six months. Mm. Just, just let it go right now. Yeah. Every criticism I have is only me loving you, wanting you to stay on board. Right. Absolutely. So open up your ears. Keep your dignity intact. <laughs> yeah, see it, as a, see it as a gift. It's like, yeah. I mean, to go through a process like that, and number one, to be hired mm -hmm. is a huge honor. And then, but to learn the process, it's like if you don't have somewhat of a, of a semi-thick skin, mm -hmm. man, you, you won't survive. Right, and to me, that's not a faker. That's learning your job. Right. That's a, that's a process. Yes. It's this idea of trying to lie that you have a proficiency that you don't. Right. We, we have people come in for, you know, I'll look at their, their um, portfolios, but a lot of times if they're coming out of school, they may have worked in a group or they may have had an influence of a professor. Well, those people are no longer around. 
Right. So I need to know what can they do on their own without that exact direction or that exact influence. So yes. we give them, we just have a, a computer that's ready to go. One of, somebody on my staff and one of the graphic people say, okay, here's your, they make up a test. They write a one pager. Uh, please make a, you know, an ad that will go in and they explain, you know, they'll do a creative brief. This is the intended audience. This is the intended, you know, result. This is, you know, all this kind of stuff in here. And they'll give them all the raw basics and then say, this is the dimensions, create this ad. And they have an hour to get this, this thing done. Right. And so then instead of me basing this on emotional, oh, they look dressed nice today or they were really nice to think that, you know, of course, there's a good, you know, culture fit or personality fit. But I base the quality of the work off of what I saw happen in that hour. Mm. And they get a big that's like 50 percent of whether they get hired or not. So like what what was it that um, tell, tell me how you got to that process. Was it because of that one graphic designer or was this something that had been brewing with you for a while? No, we just, you know, on the junior level, you can keep going through people. Like I, I had to let a couple of people go that I really liked. Right. And I remember you with this one is such a nice guy. And he just like, I kept teaching him stuff. Like when you are telling them to do the same thing, literally for the 18th time, Oh yeah. get your rulers out and line up everything to, you know, to the margin. Right. And he'd send me stuff and I'm like, it is one space off. And I, I have a very, you remember I said that we have like these weird skills, um, what do we call superfluous talents? Yes. How I can take a piece of paper and, and cut with the scissors a perfectly straight line. Right. I have a, like a superhero power for scene lineup. Really? Oh my gosh. And seriously, like, I'll be like, I think there's an extra space in here. I'm like, really? I don't see. I, I think there is. And they'll go open up the file and make them open the whole thing up. And sure enough, two spaces in between something. Wow. I mean, and it's, you know, because things are current different ways, sometimes, you know, it's, it, it fools the eye. It's very difficult. But for whatever reason, that's just, I didn't ask for it. That's just a talent I have. Well, it, you know, our work and our look is very clean and, it's part of our aesthetic. So to me, that's the difference between the amateur hour and big boys is a lot of it is lining. Things well, the, up I mean, perfectly. the devil really is in the detail. Oh, man, absolutely. And, you know, so after so many times, you realize that even if you even if you didn't do that naturally, then you learn I have to always get a ruler out. And I'm right that will like snap the ruler to, you know, on the screen. Or at least right before you send it to you. Exactly. I'm like, did you, you know, it, now stuff comes in front of me. I'm like, okay, instead of me telling them again, I go, well, what do you think of this? You know, this is right. this is where I feel very Heidi Klum, Project Runway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I don't look like Heidi Klum, Project Runway. But, you know, where I just go, what what were you thinking? Right. You know, and I don't mean, what were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, well, in some cases, it might be that. I well, mean, it could be that. 50-50. But, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, well, what, you know, did you take a step back and look at this? Uh, yeah. Right. And if they lie and say, yeah, I did. Great. So what do you think the problems are here? Why is this in my hand? You know, <laughs> and, you know, I say this and it sounds like I'm just a mean ogre, but I'm not because I really give them, I say these things in production. I'm like, this is what you have to do. Right. It's not my fault that you're not doing your job. Right. You know? But, and I really, the thing is, is that I really, really, really want them to excel. I right. Want you them want them to, be to succeed. Amazing. Why would I not want them to succeed? Their success is my success. Yes. And don't you think I want to look at things less and correct things less? 
Uh, I would hope. So it's not my ego that's involved. It's my uh, my hope that I have hired people who are more talented than I am, smarter than I am, you know, and that that is what is going to bring us success upon success. Right. And there's a process where you, you've got to give it to someone or, or, you know, it's just graphic design. You get buried in it and you always need that outside view. And so it's not tearing the work down or whatever. Sometimes it's just a good critical eye to look at. Absolutely. Everybody needs that. Well, yes, but this Cause guy, nobody's arrived. I mean, nobody is right. at their, at their peak of perfection. If you, if yeah. you are, then you shouldn't even be on this planet. No. And if I were in their place, I wish that I had a second person who had even better copywriting skills than I did in my place. Cause I'm sure someone could so much help me and give that critical eye. And, and I've got a new writer now and I'm hoping, and I keep telling her, I'm like one day it is my dream that you are better than I am. And mm. I don't, I'm just like, please help me make you better than I am. Right. You help me, help you, help me. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but this is funny. This guy, you know, this graphic designer, I'm like, oh gosh. I mean, I like him. His work is okay, but he just won't do the process that I require. And right. finally I said, you know, this is so difficult. I'm going to have to let you go. And he goes, oh, I know, I know. And he goes, but you know what? If you wouldn't let me go, I would stay here forever. <laughs> Well, at least he's honest. I'm like, I know that's what makes this so hard. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of like that guy in uh, Office Space with the stapler. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just put him down in the basement. Yeah, we just keep moving him. <laughs> he's down there. So, you know, so just to qualify, I think there's, you know, there's something between, like, people truly learning their job, um, you know, in a process there, or someone truly faking. And uh, bad hires, you know, cost, uh, cost a lot of money. Yeah, like, what is it? I mean... Do you have, well, did you go back and figure out how much that cost you in, in man hours and, and cash? No, I didn't. I did look up industry st standards. They say that um, a bad hire costs anywhere from twenty-five dollars to $50,000. What? Yeah. How is that even possible? I don't know, but, you know, you think about, like, how they actually do, you know, how these big HR companies, well, you think about the training, the time, the onboarding oh, process. Yeah. Yep. You know, how long do they stay to where you realize, you know, I mean, how long did it take me to realize this? Now, in my case, with like my big with my big fiasco, you know, he was delivering a lot of other things. And so I was losing on one front, winning on another. And so that's what makes it difficult. You know, nothing's just black and white. It's complicated. Right. Um, but, you know, and like I said, I don't really have a job that I think someone can come in and just blow. The, I mean, it, 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 I know in two weeks. <laughs> you know? Really? Yeah. You've got it down to that big of a science because most of the time when you, when at least in the industries I've been in, <clears throat> uh, most of the time in the industries I've been in, there's, you know, they always give you either some sort of trial date, like a 90 day trial date or 120 days or something like that before they, they boot you out. I but consider, you've got it. I consider every day you work for me a trial date. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and Good I don't heavens. mean that mean. I mean that because I'm protecting other people working there. Right. If you're right. not pulling your weight, how is that fair to your coworkers? Yeah. And I Because someone's gotta pull that weight. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, I think that's in the hindsight, you know, that is twenty twenty, I think is that, you know, the who is winning here? The substandard people who aren't pulling their weight win. Who loses? The employer loses. But also, the coworkers who are truly trying to excel, they lose also. And who is right. going to stand up for them? Management, I believe, has the duty to stand up for them and make, you know, protect their workplace by not letting people do that. Yeah. And so they should see that, you know, what might, can, might sound like a, you know, a brutal philosophy of mine, but I am here to protect the culture 
and the learning environment for the people who truly want to be here. Right. So that makes sense. I mean, that's that's just good common sense. But, you know, it's hardly ever heard in this business. Yeah, I, you know, and I'm kind of isolated and I don't have a corporate environment and I'm an entrepreneur, so I get to do it the way I want to do it. And frankly, I want to make a place that I want to come to every day. Right. And I want to make a place where other people are excited to come to work. I want to be the place where people are like, oh my gosh, I hope Little Bird is hiring. Do you think maybe there's an opening? Yeah. And you can't do that when you have people taking up space being, you know, fakers. Right. Yeah. Or uh, taking up space that actual people who want to work could could fill. Right. Well, that's a, that's been a great conversation, yeah. Priscilla. It's like, you know, I well, I haven't really hired anybody in a long time. Maybe I should just go out and hire someone just to get back in practice. Right. But it's it's so funny that um, don't that te- it's brutal. <laughs> Is it brutal? I hate hiring. I All hate right. I'm going to fire my UPS man because <laughs> I don't I don't think he's really up to snuff. Oh, man. But uh, this has been such a great conversation because it's almost one of those um, one of those not talked about things. Right. You know what I mean? It's like nobody ever talks about it, like the mistakes that they've made in the past in hiring. Right. And I, I, I think that this probably, well, no, I'm positive that this has shed a lot of light and probably is going to make a lot of people go, hmm, and like look around their office and go, who, who's faking it in here? Right, right. It's kind of like that TV show. What was that called? Uh, Mole Hunt or something? What? You remember that? It was like uh, somebody was the mole or the spy, and they had to go figure out who it was and get rid of them. Talk about a paranoid work environment. <laughs> I know. Not that we're encouraging that by any means. No, but I think that's right. Our, our our national psyche does not enjoy disclosing our foibles and yeah. showing that we're human. And I think if you're really honest, any great entrepreneur has just a very long list of epic fails yeah. that they could share that would be helpful for people. And I can't be good at everything. And I'm not very good at hiring. That's something I've had to call in a lot of help about. And, you know, that whole thing about a test, that mm-hmm. came from an idea from somebody who worked for me. It's like, well, why don't oh. we do this? And I'm like, brilliant. I love it. Wow. You know, and I'm like, thank you. This is helping all of us. Because they didn't want to work with, you know, other graphic designers who didn't know their stuff. Because you know what happens? You end up doing more of the work. Right. So that's great. It affects their workday. So they should have a say and they should come up with, you know, good problem solving ideas about how they they don't like how I hire. Great. Show me how I can do that better. Right. And see what a great learning attitude that is for you, because it's not like you are the end all of end all of knowledge. Well, except when it comes to adding extra spaces and designs. Right. <laughs> <Straight> but, <lines. laughs> yes. but it's it's like I love the fact that you've taken a stance of of. If, if you have a, an issue with how I do something, tell me a better way. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that about you. And I think that's, that's why your business is so successful, because you've adopted a learner's attitude. Right. And you don't think of yourself as the end-all of end-alls. Oh, my gosh. If I, if I were still doing business the way I did even three years ago, I, I just, that'd be brutal. That'd be brutal. Right. I literally, I know it's a cliche, but I really, truly learn something new every day. I, I, it is Totally true. Totally true. And that will only increase and become better and better with more skilled, honest, transparent people that I put in my workplace. Right. So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for opening up this conversation. And, And again, thank you for your transparency, because I'm sure there are plenty of business 
owners and operators out there that are going to listen to this and go, wow, you know, I've kind of been uh, pretending like the emperor's new clothes about certain people in my company. And, and, and I think, too, that this is super important that you preempt that before they even get in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you, you have to put up that, uh, that electric fence of sorts to keep, to keep people out. And I love the fact that you test people before they come in like that. You know, here's, here's a concept. You've got an hour. Show me what you got. I think that's just, that's great. Yeah. Well, listeners, we'd love to hear your experiences, if you have any, about people that you've hired that maybe didn't work out. I mean, obviously, change the names to protect the guilty. That would be good. <laughs> but, you know, you can always post your comments on our Facebook page on the Little Bird website or wherever you get this podcast from. And speaking of that, we would love it, love it, love it if you would go over to iTunes and rate this podcast. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment. Give us a rating because we want to see that number uh, go up. Don't call me a faker. Yeah, don't call (laughs) us a faker, even though sometimes that's how I feel. But leave us some comments and, of course, give us a rating on iTunes. So for Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, this is Dan Ledbetter along with Priscilla McKinney saying have a great day. And don't fake it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.